I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And it's Monday morning uh, after a very brutal last week for many people who are involved in television, those who watch it, those who work in it. Some of you lost jobs. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, it's it's tough out there. There's a lot of shuffling, a lot of scrambling, a lot of, uh, a lot of people filing applications and, and phoning up old friends. Yeah. In case you missed it, uh, essentially both, I think it was Fox... Fox, ABC, and uh, NBC went on like a, and I think CBS even got in a little bit on the action. Uh, went on this brutal uh, spree of canceling shows. Uh, kind of, it started last Thursday, just kind of near at sometime in the afternoon, and then just continued on through Sunday. Uh, and it, this is all, of course, clearing clearing the slate for uh, their shiny, new, exciting uh, programming that we can all look forward to next fall. And totally want it all suck. It was totally worth canceling all of these other shows for, uh, because this week is Upfronts week, and uh, this is when they announce all the shiny new shows. This is when they are shiny and new. This is when they're still potentially good. Yeah, I think at the Upfronts today, I saw a tweet, and I'm going to butcher this, so apologies. So just look this up instead of listening to me right now. But Seth Meyers, apparently in his introduction for NBC, made a joke about how trailers for the fo- upcoming fall shows are like um his what? brother's his brother's girlfriend at thanksgiving That's don't get it. too attached he probably won't be here next fall perfect that was that was the end of the joke that i did not have so i'm glad you're backing me up liz it was just funny to me because seth meyer was probably referring to his brother josh meyer who is uh, also uh, also a guy who does things apparently in the running to take over good morning america man deep cut yeah, well, getting getting into the Myers is. is I know is, my is. Myers. What can I say? Miller knows her Myers. Breaking news. All right, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about today about those cancellations and kind of how they pertain to us as reporters, mm-hmm. you as as wonderful viewers out there, our dear viewers and listeners. Yes. And then kind of just um, maybe a couple of uh, side swipes at some things we wish had happened or or shouldn't have happened or, or I mean this could be therapeutic. We might just get some stuff yeah. out. Well, because the thing about cancellations and the thing that we talk about more and more these days is the idea that, you know, in in Game of Thrones terms, what is dead can never die or, you know, whatever else they say in 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 those fancy those fancy weirder parts of the world that is Westeros. Um, Ben is just shaking his head. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Could not tell you what those are, but oh, good Lord. they say things that sound like that. Look, I've figured out how to spell Daenerys' name this weekend. Uh, which that's is a win. A, that's a huge thing. I mean, you always have to look it up. But if you combine Daniel Day Kim and Kira Norris from Star Trek The Deep Space Nine, <laughs> you get Daenerys, and it's a perfect... <laughs> this is the demonic device my friend Casey told, uh, mentioned on Twitter, and it's perfect. It really works for me. What an amazing way for, for, you, to, for you to come together for this, for this particular element and, and make it work. Sp- That's solid. Uh, now everyone knows how to spell da- Daenerys' name. I don't think that that will help everyone, Liz, but there are definitely people out there who appreciate it. I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm just spreading knowledge. Um, <laughs> well, you and your friend Casey. Is it our friend Casey? No. no okay, it's, it's a, a new Casey. It's okay. a, another Casey, a female Casey. Well, wait, um, we had uh, Oh, no, a different female. female Casey. So yes. many, fe- there's Casey's everywhere. Too many Casey's. At the no, mouth. they're just the right number of Casey's. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the point of me bringing, bringing this up is, you know, it used to be a show got canceled, it was gone. That's the end. Yeah. 
And now, of course, and it feels like this goes in, in cycles to some extent. But when a show gets canceled by a network, it is no longer at all like the last, the last we'll hear from it. Um, and you got you get everything from Firefly coming back uh, with the, with the film Serenity to Arrested Development getting a fourth season on Netflix. And so when the show when the show's cancellation gets announced, oh, and also like all the time, networks scoop up shows that canceled by other networks. So whenever you hear about a cancellation, the instinct is no longer to say, oh, well, that sucks. The instinct is, well, maybe we can still save it. Yeah, and Firefly is an excellent point to bring up because that was only one season of television. Typically, these kind of things, especially these days, are for more veteran programming. They've been around for some seasons. They've built up a fan base that another network thinks they can capitalize on or that would be big enough for another network, like Mindy Project going over to Hulu. Um, but there's, I mean, there's shows that are only around for a little bit of time and then they're still going to get saved. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you say a little bit of time, you mean a couple of seasons. Wasn't Firefly only a season? It was, Firefly was only a season, but Mindy Project oh. had like... No, Mindy Project is the new trend. Mindy Project mm-hmm. is, it lasted three seasons and then Hulu picked it up because it was a good veteran so you're established program. Of- but a lot, so a lot of them are like that. A lot of them are the rest development model where they've built up a cult, like a cult fan base, mm-hmm. and people find a way to benefit on that. Not as many are kind of one and dones that somehow still survive past that, but they exist. I mean, that's actually a really good point because I am trying to think back and I can't consciously remember any one season show that found a better home elsewhere. What was that Hugh Jackman show on CBS that lasted like two episodes? Because I don't think Laughlin? anybody. Viva Laughlin. I don't think anybody's calling for that to come back. No, but uh, the critic actually the old uh, that's a that's that is that is not necessarily a very current example. It is sitting above my head right now, so it, it might have it might have popped into your brain yes. for a specific reason. I brought my DVD box set of the critic into the office for some reason, and so it's and it's always it, been here. It's always hovering with Ben. Uh, but yes, uh, the critic was aired on ABC for one season, and then Fox, which owned it ended up taking it over to uh, its network after. And actually, it played better on Fox and ABC. It was kind of weird that they didn't do that originally. Yeah, definitely, even now, feels like a very weird fit for ABC as opposed to Fox. Yeah. So one thing, so Ben, to kind of guide this conversation a little bit more into a sensical place. uh, No, we don't want to do that. I mean, from your perspective, what's an example of a show that uh, you see... What's an example of a show that got canceled that should not have been canceled, that should be saved? Well, this is definitely what feels like the populist pick, at least among critics, but The Grinder is is right there. Right. I mean, it was, and what's horribly ironic about it is that it faced such an uphill battle from the first episode, myself included, from skeptics who weren't sure that its premise was sustainable. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know if something that was this uh, specific and this kind of unique could could last for 22 episodes, let alone season after season, especially on broadcast. But after that, after that first season, I don't think there's any doubts. Like I don't think anybody could challenge that. And uh, when I was speaking to Rob Lowe about it before, like he said that that was still definitely out there. But it seems ludicrous that anybody could actually believe that. This seemed poised to really do some exciting things. The pitch for season two, which included. Uh, an additional casting, which was going to be pretty monumental, which would have been very interesting. Um, no no word, obviously, on who that was, but somebody big, which is, I mean, look at the guest stars they've got. They already had a nice roster. Um, but also moving kind of into a mode where the grinder, the character, would actually take on kind of a new topic every season, like politics were going to be examined in the next season, still within the framework of this story, still focused on a family 
comedy, uh, a sibling comedy. But, you know, there's so many opportunities there with these two specific characters and with a character like the Grinder who's willing to go to extremes and still stay, stay grounded that this really did have a lot of potential to move forward. I, I, it's, it was devastating to hear that it went the way that it did. There were you know, rumors flying all the way up until word actually came out that this was going to be one that, that came down to the wire, 50-50 odds, etc. But, um, but yeah, the grinder would have been great. It, it would have been great in season two and beyond. I mean, having seen the season finale, uh, I can say that Holy crap, if they were able to keep Kamel Nanjiani on board uh, doing his Rob Lowe impression, I would have been the happiest lady in all the land. Any, like Just getting 10 minutes of that in that episode was good. A, an entire se- potential season of it would have blown, blown my mind. Yeah, and he's definitely somebody who's got his own show right now that's going to keep him pretty busy. So like him being that additional guest casting might have been a little bit out there but there right. were plans to bring him back as a recurring nemesis for the grinder which which would have fulfilled your desires and would have been utterly delightful and frankly all of the people that they'd introduced already via via guest stars you know you want to see those characters come back and they were open to doing that like they were they were all you know people and, and characters that could easily come back and fill that slot whether it's Timothy Oliphant, Jason Alexander, Maya Rudolph I mean all of these people um, seemed to really love what they were doing. There was an outpouring of support for the show you know, before it got canceled, immediately after it got canceled from, from celebrities who were on it, celebrities who weren't on it. Mindy Kaling was actually a big proponent of the show. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really too bad to see that one go away. But, you know, in, in the world of broadcast TV, you can't really predict these things. I mean, do you see, what have, what have you been hearing right now about its odds of getting brought back by someone else? There's hasn't been a lot of buzz. Um, Lowe put out a tweet that implied something about uh, something about how there's a young great show out there that somebody might be interested in, but you know nothing beyond that. And uh, from what I've read and from what I've I've heard, it, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of traction to get that thing uh, saved. But you know, anything could happen. Yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly, uh, we, you know, history is borne out that television will surprise us. <laughs> yes, in every shape and form. Uh, but Liz, did, I mean, was there anything that really hit you? I mean, obviously the grinder hit us both pretty hard, but was yeah. there another one that, that you really thought was too soon? I mean, I, I would have happily watched another season of Agent Carter. Um, I think that one, that one, especially given the fact that season one was solid, but season two really took a lot of stuff that worked great in season one and then enhanced it and got rid of things that didn't work as well in season one and you know it was a really great combination it was a really great period sci-fi show which isn't the sort of thing you get that often it had a great female lead which is something you don't get that often and it had a lot of great supporting players uh god i i I can never say his name but enver gajolak or something I wish I could help you. Yeah, he was, but he was amazing on Dollhouse. He was amazing in this, uh, and getting—I don't know. There's just like the, Agent Carter was the, in a great example of like letting like a ma- massive universe just take like its own one, take like one little strand and just have it do its own thing with it. And it makes me really sad to think that we may never see Peggy Carter on screen again. 
Yeah, and I mean, especially after Civil War with, you know, no spoilers here, but, you know, th- that did seem like something that was going to be the big disappointing factor of the cancellation was that this really could be the end of that character. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like that character had legs to, to keep going. And I, I like what you said at the end there, especially about this being kind of its own little part of an extended universe. I didn't feel the same way from, like, the few episodes I saw of Agent Carter uh, that I had to be watching so much more to appreciate this show. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they're teasing something every other episode or, or trying to bring in that extended universe. It felt very much its own, like its own entity, and I, I appreciate that. As a viewer, I really enjoyed that. And the period aspect, obviously, didn't hurt. Yeah. I mean, and it's not a cheap show at all, especially just based on the cast and, you know, the having to do having to negotiate pretty hard i guess for dominic cooper to be involved especially given that he now is starring in preacher yeah um by the way that you know what's interesting about preacher just complete aside season two of that show could potentially be really different and really expensive because ruth nega who play, who's a major character on preacher is now getting like oscar buzz af, after uh, her can premiere right now yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's pretty early to actually, not to ruin anything going on over on Screen Talk, but uh, it's probably a little early to start casting those ballots and, and saying that that's a sure thing that's going to happen. But that being said, after watching all four episodes of Preacher this weekend and right. then seeing that she's in a Jeff Nichols movie and getting raves, I was like, this makes perfect sense. She is going to be huge because yeah. she's great. Like in Preacher, she's great. She's wonderful. I mean, she was, she was actually really good on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, she had a small role there. And I remember looking her up being like, this girl is good and she is going to go places. And what was she in before this? Yeah, she's a familiar face that is finally seems to be getting the characters she deserves, like the amount of screen time as well as the backstory and everything to, to make it work. Yes. Um, but yeah, in terms of like replacing your kind of your need for period drama, your need for uh, the quote unquote strong female lead, let's just say, you know, female lead slash badass awesome lead. Uh, NBC might be filling that gap for you, Liz. Timeless, you seem pretty uh, excited about with the trailer. And, I mean, Abigail Spencer, that's another actress who it's like, give her everything she wants. She is fantastic. She Rectifies do, the best. She can do anything. It's yeah. really annoying. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really terrible. She's so beautiful and talented. And, I mean, just come on. The worst. God. Ugh, terrible. Terrible. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Timeless is looking like a show that will be right up my alley. Uh, and not just because it's got involves time travel, but, uh, even though, and, and even though the trailer does hint at it, my wife is dead and I am sad, uh, backstory for one of the characters, which always gets boring for me. Yeah, guys, they did that already on Feed the Beast. Come on. Oh, God. Feed the Beast. <laughs> You're the one person who cares about that show. And you don't even care about it. You just want to see David Schwimmer on screen again. I do care about it because David Schwimmer is in it. And David Schwimmer makes very careful selections with what he does. So I feel like there's got to be some good material here. Every week, at least once a week for the last month, you have said to me, Liz, who's the other guy in Feed the Beast? Yeah, because nobody... Well, that was a huge mistake. That was a casting error. Well, okay, we'll see. I haven't watched it. He could be great. <laughs> you haven't actually... Yes, you have Stur- not actually Sturgis even guy? seen. I don't know Jim name. Sturgis. Yeah, the guy from that movie that nobody liked. A lot of movies that nobody liked. Who? He was in Cloud Atlas and Across the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to get some hate mail from Across the Universe fans because I know they're out there and they're all crazy. I actually kind of liked Across the Universe. All right, you saved us. <laughs> 
I'm a Julie Taymor fan. She does interesting I things. I mean, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's yes, excellent. That's excellent totally point. totally on point. Um, but yeah, bringing it bringing it all the way back yeah. around. Um, I I feel like there's there's definitely more cancellation talk to dig into. There's definitely a lot of other series out there um, that you know maybe we wish were still on the air. I as kind of a passive castle watcher. I mean, I've seen maybe half of that show, just sporadically. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy it, and I hate the idea that Nathan Fillion isn't going to be on television every week anymore. Like, that's a that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's something that needs to be rectified, and hopefully it will be. Um, See, but actually, here's the thing. I have Castle Down as a show that I'm, honestly, I, I feel like, put her to bed. She's done. Yeah, but, okay, let's use, let's use what we talked about just a second ago with Agent Carter. They had Haley Atwell secured already. She has another show coming out for ABC next fall. We're not losing any Haley Atwell time. If they were going to get rid of Castle, they should have locked down Fillion and been making sure he was still going to be on the air. Because I mean, come on, I need my I need my Nathan. T- I need a little bit of sarcasm. I need some nice meta humor. I need you know some jovial, charming, action-oriented material. I mean, it's it's good. He's a good guy. Yeah, you've got seven seasons of syndicated television to watch now. I've seen them. You don't need to go back and watch that again. I mean, that's it's definitely like a like a Bones kind of thing. You're just like, okay, I saw it. It's over. All right, next. Why don't Why don't you watch Bones? Is still happening. It's it's technically still happening. It's it's technically still alive when really we know it's a bag of bones. Oh, that wasn't great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you on wanting Nathan Fillion on screen and employed as much as possible. Uh, but I do also think that, you know, especially with the creative problems behind the scenes, it, it feels like it feels like I'd rather see it end gracefully, end with some level of grace. Do you think that's going to happen? Well, they've, they've, they filmed an, an epilogue, essentially, for the final episode. Uh, the Breaking Case of Glass cancellation uh epilogue and so that will be there will be like an actual ending to the show all right well we'll see it we'll see if it actually works i'll be curious to know kind of they're not pulling an x-files on us well well well, that's definitely that's definitely a good thing i'll give them credit for that i do i i was a little miffed at how it all went down just because especially i guess that maybe the issue isn't necessarily that what was it? Eight seasons? Seven seasons? It was. I think this was season. Oh gosh, I should know this. Seven. Well, if, if it, let's say they got seven done, seven is probably enough castle to be out there in the universe. But the way that this went down, like you're talking about, with all of those problems and all of the re-signings and 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 you know, booting cast members, with all that drama, for fans to you know be worried about that and then also be blindsided by a cancellation, that seems kind of doubly torturous for not a lot of point. I mean, there, there's definitely a way for this all to be handled a lot more gracefully, but, you know, we don't know the behind the scenes of it. And that's, that's an true. important thing to remember about cancellations and casting changes and whatnot is there is a very big difference between what we are publicly told and what is actually going on on set. That's just a basic fact of, you know, the business is that, you know, you'll get rumors and hints and you like for example you might it, it's fairly common knowledge that Stan Akatic and Nathan Fillion do not like each other um why do they not like each other is a matter for I imagine them and their therapists and their producers um but you know we get glimmers of stuff like that but the real truth is oftentimes not great I mean what I heard was that she went to see Much Ado About Nothing and she just she didn't like it 
Like she just was, she didn't <laughs> like they, the black and white. They're just, their friendship never recovered from that. I mean, how could it? If somebody walked up to me and said they didn't like Much Ado About Nothing, I'd be upset. But I wasn't even in it. <laughs> do you actually like Much Ado About Nothing? Yeah, it's great. Okay. It was really well done. Yeah? Yeah. You really? Well, okay. It was cute and charming and yeah. all the performers were great. Fillion was tremendous. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. That was great. I certainly enjoyed looking at uh, Joss Whedon's house. It's a really yeah. nice house. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I would expect nothing less from the man behind the Avengers and countless television shows. None of which you've really watched. Well, I wouldn't say none. Few. You've seen Firefly. I have. That was great. I've seen all of Firefly. There Movie, you go. Serenity. You managed to watch 13 episodes of a television show. I did do that, yeah. That's <laughs> it, though. It's just that. Yeah. Oh, someday you're going to watch Buffy and we're going to have conversations. Someday. Emphasis. <laughs> so what was a show in your head that was like got canceled and, you know, it was time? Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty conflicted about this. I feel like there's some out there that I can't necessarily speak to that well because I wasn't tracking them on a week-to-week basis. I don't know where Nashville was mm-hmm. right now, but I feel like it's kind of been time for a while for Nashville to go. I bailed largely after season one because that finale was just terrible, and then losing T-Bone Burnett is just a, a catastrophic thing you don't really come back from. But in terms of shows that I was watching week-to-week, honestly, I'm okay with Grandfather going away. Mm. I really enjoyed Grandfather. I, I, I felt like it, it came together nicely and pretty quickly, honestly. Like, it, it always kind of had a good chemistry, a good rhythm. It, it never worried too much about its premise and just identified with the, with the jokes and the characters more than anything else. It was definitely a good show. It was one that I really enjoyed. But at the same time, I understand why it went away. The ratings weren't there. There's really no way that's going to get better. It's not anything that's breaking the mold. So it's in in terms of, you know, must-see TV when there's so much TV out there. There's not a good reason why people have to start watching Grandfathered. Um, You know, that being said, I I still will miss it. I still enjoyed it. But I feel like that's a very low-risk kind of cancellation, something Mm -hmm. that could be replaced, maybe not easily, but you could definitely fill that gap with another show of, of similar ilk that might have a little more ambition to it. Um, whereas, you know, like The Grinder is just a tragedy because it, it's so specific to what it is and could do so many things and accomplish so much with with its first season that it's going to be irreplaceable. I hear what you're saying and also kind of disagree with you. I mean, I, I, I was a bigger grandfathered fan. Grandfathered, man, that's a title. It's hard to say sometimes. Tough. Uh, but... I was a bigger fan of it than you, but I, and I feel like I feel like the critique I've heard of it the most is like it just wasn't good enough, and I feel like that's such an odd thing to say given that so much of network television is can can be kind of like eh, it's fine, you know. I feel like I feel I feel like I'm 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 there's so many shows that we just kind of like, oh you know it's fine. I mean I guess the catch is you know those eh, it's fine shows actually have viewership. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the ticket, too. I mean, if if this was on CBS, I could give you, like, five comedies that it's better than. Mm-hmm. It's better than The Big Bang Theory. It's better than The Odd Couple. It's better than, I mean, it's better than a lot that's on CBS. You just said something mean about a, a Friends alumni, so know. you know you mean it. It pains me. I am excited for that Joey Chandler reunion 
this fall when when Matt LeBlanc's new CBS show starts, and it'll probably be paired along with The Odd Couple at some point. Um, but no, like I mean, if it was on that network, then yeah, it's it's part of the good enough camp that probably would have gotten better ratings because it's on CBS. Yeah. Um, and it would have been okay. But when I'm comparing it to what was on Fox and what still is on Fox, even like Brooklyn Nine Nine, way better than Grandfathered. New Girl is better than Grandfathered, and I was pissed at that New Girl finale this year. But and and not clearly the Grinder would rank above. Like most of the Fox comedies, the ones that seem to be sticking even have a little bit more ambition, have a little bit more going on. There's just a little bit more to like, I guess, if you're going to reduce it down to just it's not good enough mm-hmm. than what was there for Grandfather. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that and I guess that speaks to the strength of Fox's comedy slate, though. How much, we, you know, we don't, they're only adding like one new comedy this uh, this year, this fall, right? Um, I think it's more than one. They've got the the Mick, which is the only one I think I'm really excited for. Is that actually airing this fall, though? Oh no, that's yeah, that's mid season. Yeah, I think in like terms the, of the fall, yeah, I think they're. I think it's God. What is it like? I'm looking at them right now, and I can't <laughs> even tell you which one. Is it AP? Is APB is a drama. Exorcist yeah. is a drama. Lethal Weapon's a drama. Pitch? What the heck is Pitch? Pitch is the baseball one. Is that a comedy? No, it's a drama. It turns out. I thought they're making a baseball drama. Yeah, it's about the first woman. Uh, oh, that's fir- right. First woman to get drafted to the uh, NBA, NFL. Which one is it? MLB. MLB. That one. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, Prison Break, clearly a drama, but that's also mid-season. Yeah. Um, is Son of Zorn coming out? Son of. In the fall. I don't know. I don't think so. Guys, just go to IndieWire.com yeah. to get this thing sorted. But the point is, I mean, the Fox comedies that they do have on there, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like Last Man on Earth. That's Last a Man very good. Amb- that's a very ambitious show that's really hitting its stride in season two. I really enjoyed it on a week-to-week level. They were they were building something pretty impressive there, and the finale worked very, very well. Even though, and, and what's again, what's impressive about that is how dark it gets. Like, that is a really dark show. Um, they've had multiple deaths, and they treat them with varying degrees of importance, which is also fitting for kind of how the show develops. But, I mean, it's if you're stacking up Grandfather next to those shows mm-hmm. that they're really sticking with and that seem to be getting you know good enough ratings, it, it doesn't quite compare. I mean, I wonder if Grandfather would have had better odds had it been more strongly plotted. Because it was more, it was kind of a meandering show in some respects in terms of you know, just kind of take following John Stamos's character as he goes on this journey. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I mean maybe, but at the same time, it would have changed what the show was really good at, which was kind of just letting these characters breathe and do their own thing and track them around. And Such it good worked. character work. Yeah. Such good characters on yeah. that show. And you really do enjoy everyone in it. Like every single lead is is giving a, a performance that you can kind of just sink into, identify with on multiple levels, and then just kind of. Yeah. Forget about, but. Yeah. Uh, it's sad. It's sad. Cancel- cancellation time is always a sad time. It is. It's tough. I mean, I'm, on some level, I'm glad we're not making these decisions, even though, I mean, come on, Liz. We'd be great. We'd be great at it. We'd be, we should totally take over a network. We would make such great decisions. I mean, they call me, you know, every, like, April, and they're like, Ben, what should we do? And I'm like, all right, grinder, keep it. And they're like, God, really? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, ugh. Why? And I'm like, what do you mean why? And they're like, all right, we'll get back to you. 
And then they do their own thing. Yeah. They're like kids. They're teenagers. It's like, you know, if you're going to ask for our advice, man, like take our advice. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. If if I'm telling you to go to college and and not get married at 17, then maybe listen to me. Your your life will be better. I've got the experience. But It's a very specific example. It's Well, it was an analogy I was going for. I don't know if it worked. Um, Yeah. Well, meanwhile, at least NBC, I know NBC got at least one of my letters because they have a time travel drama. <laughs> well, I think I think the networks in general get together and have a little meeting every year where they're like, all right, how much time travel do we have on the air? Do we meet our Liz quota? There's two. No, that's not enough. We need three. Okay, well, what's this thing? Okay, can we get somebody good in it maybe? Okay, we got Abigail Spence. Okay, we can make that, that work. That whole cast of Timeless is real, looking really good. Disagree. Um, Goran Viznik? Today's my day is mispronouncing Slavic names, and I apologize to these fine gentlemen. Everyone in that trailer was struggling with their very limited screen time other than Abigail Spencer, who made it look so easy. I disagree. Malcolm Barrett looks great. No, I disagree. We're very much on the opposite page with the actors on this show. I guess it looked... Those scenes were... Well, it's not not easy. It's exposition heavy. I hear you. I'm just saying. She made it look great. All right, she is she is the best. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a sad time, but in theory we'll see what we'll see what thing how things are going um, in the future. And in the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Oh man, I mean there's just there's so many options here because we really are in a good time of year in terms of in terms of you know finales happening. Um, just, just in general, a lot of good shows are on. You know, I could go with Veep pretty much every week. And really, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's performance this week in Veep is the best thing anyone will see on TV. I mean... It's, it's staggering. Maybe this year. Like, it, it was so good. I was so glad to see all of the headlines. Like, all of the headlines of this review were getting that same reaction. Like, their focus was, look at Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which is somebody who you could easily kind of forget about after all this long. But anyway... My choice is going to be the Americans. I got to go with the Americans. Mm-hmm. The Americans is really in a good good spot right now, really cruising along towards an ending that, as usual, I have no idea what it'll look like. I really, really don't. You never can predict what's going to happen on that show, and it's so exciting to watch that unfold. How many uh, more episodes till the finale? Four. Okay. Four. And last week was the Page Learns to Drive episode? Last week was the Paige Learns to Drive episode, which was adorable. <laughs> and I like to pretend that it had no outside implications and that I didn't have to worry about that, like inferring anything from it or pretending that there was like dark times ahead or or perhaps that he was trying to hold on to a bond that was dissipating. Uh, it was just adorable. I mean, Matthew Reese, we've talked about, we talked about this last week. Matthew Reese needs to be in so many more things. I, he needs to be in everything. He needs to be in everything. Uh, I, I'm so mad that they What's that him. wine show? The wine show. It's called The Wine Show. The Wine Show. Watch oh, it. God. It's on. There's clips. There's, there's, cli- there's you, you stuff should... on YouTube. Just track it down. Okay, this is a, there's a British show to explain called The Wine Show. And the trailer, I mean, apparently the show is largely like wine experts talking about wine. But it's apparently all anchored by Matthew Reese and Matthew Good, who you know from a lot of other shows, is great. Shut up, he's great. Well, um, but anyways, Matthew Good. And he's Matthew, good. Matthew Reese and Matthew. Oh, just as I was about to say his last name. I know. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, but anyways, the two Matthews sit around and make fun of each other and drink wine. And this is the only thing I've ever wanted to watch in my life, and uh, they haven't aired it yet in the U.S. 
Do you so ever, all I have is trailers and clips. Did you ever see the movie The Trip with Steve Coogan? I did see the movie with The Trip. I feel like this is a laid-back wine version of The Trip. Yes. With so, Matthew Reese. With Matthew Reese and his giant head of hair and bushy beard. Oh, yeah. His beard is out of control in this. It's and wonderful. frankly, most times I see beards that out of control, I'm like, God damn it, man. Shave your beard. Like uh, Milo and Amelia in the, the uh, in NBC. This is Us. Yeah, yeah, This Is Us trailer. Good God, man. I did Cut not recognize beard. him. I did not recognize a single actor in that trailer. I didn't recognize Mandy Moore. Everybody else I picked up on, but not Mandy Moore. I, um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, guys, if, if that was available... It would definitely be the best thing that I watched this week. But because it's not, The Americans is the best thing I watched this week, which, I mean, frankly, that's also one that could be every week. Yeah. Um, Liz, just save me from this rant. <laughs> Tell us something that you watched this week that was really good, and, and people will stop being like, God, Ben's talking about The Americans again. Ben's talking about Matthew Reese again. Good God. <laughs> well, the best thing I watched last week was... There's there are a lot uh, I also have a lot of strong contenders but holy smokes last night's Game of Thrones was great, amazing, perfect, wonderful. Ugh, God, perfect seems like a stretch. I mean, you haven't watched it yet. Ben hasn't watched it yet, guys. Was, so I'm he sorry, I reviewed three episodes of television last night. Yeah, they I mean, weren't two Game of, of Thrones. You watched already. All right, whatever. Point is, uh, last night's Game of Thrones was everything was it it, it, it paid off a lot of great stuff. And it was already cooking along really well, and it's setting up. It's setting up. A, it's setting up uh, the you know the rest of the season in terms of plot lines. It's it was really cool, really compelling. And then it had an ending so baller that it's like top one of the top ten moments of the show right out of the gate, maybe top five. Let's not do any revisionist history, though. I mean, up until this episode, most people, the focus of, of this conversation around this season was that, eh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Like, not a lot's really going on. We knew Jon Snow was going to come back, blah, 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 blah. But otherwise, they were pretty disappointing. Like, I'm, I'm calling foul on the, we've been gearing up, we've been great this whole season. No siree. Maybe the last one was great. Up until then, they've been pretty adequate. I mean... That there was a lot of table setting to do, but the table, we are now at dinner. We are now sitting at dinner. Well, you know what? And the it's am- delicious. The Americans does more oh, episodes and needs far less table setting. They don't take three episodes of, of filler to, to get to the dinner this portion. five characters. Yeah, okay. So what? Yeah, that, should mean, that should mean that they should take longer. If you've got 60,000 characters, you should have 60,000 interesting stories going on. It shouldn't take this long to get to something where you're like, oh my god, did you see Game of Thrones last night? Oh, they burned down the patriarchy. Great! You only need to say that because I told you about it. Yeah, and because it's all over the internet. <laughs> it was great, though. It was really great. I do want to burn the patriarchy. That does sound great. You are a good feminist, Ben. Well, sometimes. What's the next thing you're looking forward to? Oh God, I don't even know anymore. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be honest. I I I have a few things. There's some great TV coming out. Um, I can't say preacher. I already saw it. It's good. Um, I'm looking forward to the leftovers season three. <laughs> Liz, I'm not. I'm not going to. Don't worry. I'm not going to start the trend and do this every week until it comes out. But we don't even have, have a release date. You- you have a specific reason to be excited about it right now. Yeah, I got some. I got to see some on-set photos from. They've just commenced shooting the new season, and frankly, guys, it looks great. <laughs> like I know their photos. This sounds ridiculous now that I'm saying it out loud, but 
really am. I mean, you, you have physical proof that they are going to actually make this television show. So you're yes. allowed to be. I, I will allow you this one week of excitement. If we had a sandwich bet over whether or not they're making the leftovers season three, what? you'd what? have to get me a sandwich. But why would I have ever made that? Why? Well, yeah. Okay. I see. Why would point. you have ever made a sandwich bet about Woody Allen Amazon <laughs> series, Liz? Because Woody Allen is a crazy person, and I still maintain that I I am not buying you that sandwich until I see footage from that show. All right, that's fine. I understand. That's fine. Liz, what are you looking forward to then? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, the thing I am looking forward to... Is it The Leftovers? Are you sure? It could be, though. Like, I mean, we all are. I know everybody is. That's all I hear people talk about these days. They come up to me and they're like, Ben... When's the leftovers coming back? And I'm like, guys, if I knew, you'd know. I would not hold that information from you. All right, thank you for covering. Um, just talking about the leftovers. Just talking about the leftovers. I do that all day. That's my next podcast, guys. The thing I'm looking forward to is Unreal. Yeah, good choice. There's, there's, there's great pick. We're we're rating right now on season two screeners, and it's just like. I, I, I want to believe that I won't drop every single thing I'm doing, and there are a lot of things I'm doing, to watch those Unreal Season 2 screeners, but, oh, man, I'm excited. Yeah, there are, there are some, I mean, there are a few shows in which, I mean, considering how busy we are and how many things we have to do on a day-to-day basis and how unpredictable it is that the screeners randomly show up on our inbox or you know, on our doorstep, that we'll actually drop everything to start watching them. I mean, Unreal, it might actually be one of those things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be great. I'm yeah. very excited. And they've got the billboard right outside of our office yeah. just staring at us, just yeah. teasing us with, with greatness. Oh, I love that she's very clearly wearing sneakers. I don't know why that detail really – I really enjoy that detail, but I just really do. Well, I mean, it's very important. She's working on set. There's no way you wouldn't be wearing the most comfortable shoes you could be possibly wearing if you're walking around on set 16 hours a day. Damn right. Yeah, getting those details right. <laughs> Oh man! You're, uh, as soon as as soon as uh, as soon as Unreal comes out, you're going to hear a primal scream of delight from me, and you'll be able to read all about that primal scream of delight on IndieWire.com, where you can also find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like, some of the stuff you don't like, including sad news about cancellations. But we're there for you, man. We feel you. And if you want to hear Ann Thompson's primal scream of delight, make sure you listen to Screen Talk. It was actually oh, two or three weeks ago. I think it was three weeks back. She and Eric talked about the new Key & Peele film, Keanu. And Ann Thompson talking about Keanu is one of the best things you will ever hear in your life. I mean, I don't know why you're not listening to Screen Talk already, but if for some reason you're not, pick out that episode. It's right there at the front of it. They get right into it. It's wonderful. <laughs> that is wonderful. Yeah. Um, somewhat wonderful is Ben's Twitter feed, which you can find at Ben T. Travers. Uh, and absolutely, 100%. Constantly, every day wonderful is Liz Miller's Twitter feed. And that's at Lizlet with an I and an E. That is correct. At least part of that is correct. Certainly the part about my Twitter handle. Oh, did I spell it wrong? Oh, no. Okay. You got it right. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, we'll be back next week. And in the meantime, you guys keep watching television.